Okay, so we're back. It is the Season Kick Beans Podcast. And yes, we did promise, we did promise in a previous episode that we would be getting back to the dick and fart jokes. But sometimes there are events, little news happenings, as if you will, that require us to take a week off from the dick and fart jokes and get a little serious. Uh, listen, dick jokes and fart jokes are serious business. Okay. Okay. Wait, what? Dick and fart jokes are not that serious. Like how, how, what is the evolution of the dick and fart joke at this point? It's 2022. Like how different could they possibly be? That's for a different podcast, but uh, oh, yeah. so wait, we have to do teas and kid Phoenix versus dick and fart jokes. I think we kind of have to at this point, but yeah. we'll figure that out. We'll figure we'll that out because we're still trying to figure out the goddamn fine arts podcast. You've been teasing that for like two months now. Hmm. It is coming. We swear, we swear it's coming. In the meantime, uh, this is teasing kid Phoenix versus toxic fandom. It is another one of those subjects where uh, we as blurs, we feel like it's something that we have to discuss because it's something that's very personal to the two of us because we are part of a marginalized group. And let's face it, when any marginalized group is featured prominently in, I don't know, just about anything, right? There's always some kind of, uh, there's always some kind of hubbub there's always some kind of uh, verbal uh, scrum, if you will, on the social medias, which, okay, tease, let me just say this first. Question. Mm-hmm. Social media landscape. It good. sucks. It's okay. terrible. <laughs> okay, I was, I was going to specialize that a little bit better, but good or bad for the fandom landscape? I'm assuming you think absolutely horrifically shitty? Uh, not entirely. <laughs> I like the fact that social media has made it easier for people to connect that have similar tastes, similar interests. Didn't really get that when we were teenagers coming up in the nerd in the nerdscapes. So at least that's somewhat better, right? That part is great. I mean, I, I don't think you can deny that, that that the fact that you can go on a website and interact with people find out from people that are into the things that you're into um is objectively a good thing that the internet has brought to us listen i found so many dungeons and dragons landscapes so many pathfinder landscapes marvel dc i swear to god i'm on a chess reddit it's fantastic Mm -hmm. i i'm learning about all these cool openings and defenses it's pretty nice i like it but there's as with many things, there's also a downside. The great Swiss gambit. I'm all about the Sw- I'm all about the Swiss gambit. I don't know why, mm-hmm. but anyway. But as with most things, there's also a downside. There is a downside. There's always a downside. We can't have. We cannot have nice things. It's impossible for people to have nice things, and it sucks. But in the in the totality, like fandoms, it it. It's generally a good thing. You have all these like-minded people in a community and they appreciate what you're into, be it Star Wars, Star Trek, Marvel, DC, video games, whatever. There's something for everybody, no matter what you like. And I think that's awesome. I think that's great in a day and age where, like we said, in the past, that shit did not exist. And 
depending on what you were into, if you were into like the athletic stuff, great. But if you were into like nerd stuff, you were kind of a social pariah. Right, right, right. And you don't necessarily have to be that anymore. And with this social media landscape, and sometimes, not all the time, but online social media landscapes and the bridge to those fandoms, if there's like a local connection, like if there are events or whatever hosted by your neighborhood comic shop, then that's just fucking fantastic. Yes. And uh, you should try to support local communities because honestly, like we can't all go to Comic-Con. Okay. We, we have can't to all go. Got to try to make your local uh, nerdy community as robust as possible. Good word. Robust. That's, that's a good word. You've been communicating with uh, Merriam-Webster this week, haven't you? My boy. <laughs> Teams is all about Merriam-Webster. Um, but with the goodness comes the badness. And we're going to get into the specifics, of course, a little bit later. But in general, yes, it allows a community of fandom to come together. But at the same time, there are some fandoms that have been around for generations and it's really hard for some of them to adapt to the change in landscape or the change in ideas or any kind of shift as far as what kinds of characters are featured prominently in different IPs, different projects. And that I want to say has been more prevalent due to social media. Am I off on that? I think social media makes these ideas airborne, essentially. So kind of like a virus, kind of like a yes. pandemic, if you will. Yes. <laughs> I know that's a sore subject for a lot of you that are just like over the pandemic, but Teeves draws a nice parallel because this is different from going down to your local community comic book shop and chopping it up with everybody in the store along with the store clerks. And they're just like, oh, well, this sucks because, and they give you like a nice reasoned explanation. Social mm -hmm. media allows people to say, oh, this sucks. And a lot of times there's no face behind what they're trying to say. And it allows people to be anonymous and just say, okay, I don't like this. Okay, well, why don't you like this? And it just, it just goes dark and there's no explanation for anything. And you can't have that dialogue and you can't try to reason with somebody who has that kind of clouded judgment. But it's this, it, that same argument works both ways, though. Because it does. there are people who have who may have valid concerns that are that may unjustly be being called an ist or a, or an ism where they where their concern is is legit you know uh, and by by saying oh you're a racist or you're sexist or you're whatever like you stop all like you essentially invalidate something that might be merit that might have merit. Uh, give me, give me a good example of that. It doesn't have to be recent. We can absolutely get into this with the whole Moses Ingram thing. Oh God. 
So we're just we're just starting we're just starting right off rip, aren't we? Well, I guess it's because it's the most recent. Yeah, um, I I can't make heads or tails of that. I don't understand why. It's funny because Reva's not even like the main main character of the Obi Wan series. It's fucking Obi Wan. Okay, who cares if the I guess we can call her the main protagonist. It's not it's not exactly Vader yet, right? Yes. So the main antagonist. The main antagonist. I'm sorry. Um, like she's not the main antagonist, but why is she getting all the flack, Moses Ingram? That makes no fucking sense to me. Okay, I've listened to quite a bit of discourse on both sides of this, and I think I can explain the position of the people that do not like Moses Ingram beyond just. She's a black female and we don't like... Are there people out there that, that have that viewpoint in that position and are just not on board with the shift in color and gender Absolutely. of Star Wars? Absolutely there are. But I think there are also valid concerns that people are raising that I think we need to talk about. All right. And, and kind of not just label people as toxic and say, oh, well, you're just toxic fans and you don't I mean, to, to my, in my estimation, I think what's happening is there's kind of a disconnect between the companies, between the agendas of the companies that own these properties right. and the fandoms that they're trying to serve. And I think understanding that will help us figure out why these fan bases seem like they're getting more and more toxic and why... Um, so is it kind of like and, you're, and all the factors that are involved in this? So is it kind of like they're trying a little too hard to build this bridge with, in this example, African-Americans because Star Wars by and large, and we've talked about this, the name two prominent African-Americans in star in the Star Wars universe. There's Lando and there's let one pilot from Return of the Jedi that gets murked after like three seconds on screen. See, I think that argument is a little bit reductive because I mean, and and of course, we we claim Chewie, but he's not necessarily African American. Like we just Chewie, claim him. Chewie is clearly Mexican. His name is Chewie. What are you doing? <laughs> he's wow. Chewie. He fixes everything on the ship. Wow. Clearly Mexican. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Shout out! Shout out to the Latin Americans out there. We love you guys. We love all of you, despite despite Teeves's blatant stereotypical descriptions. We love you guys. I'm just saying. (laughs) If his his name name was was Alphonse, (laughs) if his name was if his name was Alphonse, and he was like a dope rapper, then sure, he probably he probably be African American. If his name was Deshaun, oh, and he was really no. good at sports. Can he, can, no, we're not doing that. No, no don't use that. Right, wrong, wrong word. Wrong. If his name was Jalen and he was really good at sports, All right, that's we good. might be I, saying I, something I else. That. I can say but, that. Um, Deshaun, sports, Bill okay. with comedy. No, we're not doing that. So, fucking Cosby. Here is the overall, here's the argument, as I understand it, from the people who are upset with the Moses Ingram situation. The argument is, 
that for the third time now, Star Wars has put forth a property with a legacy character touting this this is the extended story of a legacy character right where it seems that they are basically making the legacy character suck in favor of a new character that they want people to love so they are making this new character kind of the focus and making this new character very cool and trying going out of their way to make this new character shine at the expense of the legacy character who the show the movie or the show is ostensibly about so with the last jedi with boba fett and with kenobi the legacy characters they'd be luke skywalker boba fett and uh obi-wan kenobi obi-wan kenobi are like kind of portrayed as these kind of losery dudes who used to be in the who used to have it but don't have it anymore and now there's these new people who all happen to be BIPOCs let's not yeah um, so can can I respond to that let's hear so let's let's just take Kenobi for example right okay the story of the Obi-Wan series is after Order 66 and after, spoiler alert, uh, Ben Kenobi just just takes off all of Anakin's limbs. And he's just kind of... Uh, uh, three. Three, I'm sorry. He can't claim all those limbs. He can't claim all the Count limbs. Count Dooku got one of them now. Okay, respect. Respect to Count Dooku. I apologize. <laughs> I apologize for getting that one hand. Which seems to be a theme. Like every Skywalker has to lose one hand before they're ungodly good. But anyway, um, but Obi Wan, after that moment, he's kind of he's kind of disheveled. He's kind of like unsure about things, like where he should go, since basically his entire quote unquote religion has been wiped out, with the exception of like four people. So I. Couldn't you understand a little bit from the story aspect where he's just like, okay, I'm just going to go and I'm just going to be this guy on an assembly line and keeping my head down because I'm not trying to get murked right now. I got to look after these. I got I to gotta look after these children. So I got to, I got to keep my, I got to keep my nose clean. You could say that, but again, that just happened with Luke Skywalker in The Last Jedi. That was the exact same arc, and it seems like you're just repeating yourself at the expense of legacy characters. Now, with with The Last Jedi and with the with the sequels to the originals to the prequels, right? Mm-hmm. It was also it was also kind of Kylo Ren too. It wasn't just Rey, right? Like they were really they right. Were, they were trying to tout Kylo Ren as well. Right, but they didn't make Luke Skywalker seem weak to prop up Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren pretty much gets props from Jump Street, right? He's introduced in a way, and then this has to go back into the character of Reva. Like, 
he's kind of introduced in a way that automatically makes him a guy that you are kind of familiar with what he's like. Uh, her portrayal of that character and the way that character is introduced and unrolled is not the same. Like, um, I don't know if you want to get into this now, but the performance has the performance and maybe the direction of that character have some issues, but um, okay. And I don't know if you want to get into these now while we're talking about this, but I will point out, I I'm will sure it'll say, come up. Okay. Well, let's just get into it now. All right. Do you, do you want to take, you want to take a little break first and then get into the totality of the next point here? Uh, sure. All right. Let's take a little break and we'll satisfy some of the ad sponsors. Uh, it's, we're always proud sponsored by Anchor Dent. We're always proudly sponsored by Anchor FM. We love those guys. Been there since the beginning. Um, still waiting for Casper, but, you know, we'll get there. In the meantime, TV Kid Phoenix versus Toxic Fandom. We'll be right back after these words from Anchor FM. We have returned. It is TV Kid Phoenix versus toxic fandom again apologize we know you guys love the dick and fart jokes but sometimes we get serious um before the break there was a point that teves was going to make and i felt like it was a nice natural stopping point for some thought collection and ways that teves can make his point and and not have to be and not have to like have a hard stop like that. And I, I feel like Teeves appreciates it when I bring my radio background into the fray of this podcast. Okay, so my main point is Moses Ingram's performance in Kenobi. And I mean, there are some issues like, and I don't know, I, I, I want to say a lot of this is the fault of the director. And it's not all on her acting abilities and acting skills. I'm sure she's great. She, there's no way she'd have, she could have gotten this role if she wasn't great. Um, and I, I will say that sometimes an actor's performance is only as good as the direction and the writing. Now, the first thing is her, the first thing is appearance. Now, there's this thing that happens where, how do I explain it? All right. So take your time. <laughs> If if a character, okay, white characters. Here we go. Since white is considered the universal default. Yeah. White characters also often get a bunch of like shit visually on them in their kit to make them look more interesting, right? So with all the rest of the Inquisitors, they have all this shit all over them. They look super badass. The like, one guy looks like fucking Raiden. Right. Like they have all this shit to make them more visually interesting. Whereas she's just she, kind of a black just, woman hanging out. She's just all she's just in all black and she's yeah, she's she's kind of bland visually. Um and that and you know, a lot of that could not be bland, but to, uniform. I'm sorry, that's the word I want to use. Not uniform, just like everybody else, all the other inquisitors are kitted out in this wild shit. Why she just got a ponytail. What's happening? <laughs> I mean, listen, that, that ponytail is pretty epic. I don't know what I don't know why you're complaining about that. The second thing is she seems to be doing a performance, which is just a hodgepodge of like three different villains. 
and you gotta pick a lane you have to like yeah she's a little she, she's a little vader a little dark right. mall that okay all right so vader always like cool calm cl- i mean suit vader not suit vader not uh hayden christensen vader not i hate you vader um which is not Vader. Sh- which is not <laughs> to shit on the on the i hate everything hayden christensen we're not shitting on that. No, 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 i'm not shitting on that i'm just saying that it's it's portraying that character at two different points of life so essentially they're two separate characters right you got the screaming i hate you vader and you also have the vader that's classy enough to even call his enemies by their titles right <laughs> like yeah captain solo yeah you're going down captain <laughs> Even like you, I re- I respect the work, but you're I, still going down. Yeah, like I respect the title, I respect the uh, I, I respect the distinction, but uh, I still got to take you down, Han. I'm sorry. This is how this works. Um, um, but like Vader from the original series is calm, measured, menacing without yelling and like getting in people's faces. Right. She goes between these two in one minute. She's like, she's doing the quiet thing. And then she's doing the loud thing. Like, which is fine. I understand actual people have those two gears. But yeah. it's very, it's very kind of jarring to see it in a character's performance in a show when we don't know the character well enough to understand, oh, he's they've got these two gears. You know what I mean? So so the issue kind of stems from like lack of a development standpoint because it's a brand new character and we're only like four episodes into this thing the pro i think the problem is i can see that point they want this character to be so well regarded as villain that they're just throwing a bunch of attributes onto her that she has to deal with that the actress has to deal with i feel like she's getting a checklist she's getting like you have to be this 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 and this there's that spreadsheet Right. She's not having a chance to let a performance and she's not given the chance to find a character in a performance and how she wants to be in this role. Now, yes, I understand it's we're three episodes in. She may get there, but but the other characters don't have that problem because they look cool enough that they can stand there and be intimidating without yelling or, or doing all the stuff that she has to do because they've not given her anything except here's her face and so we can kind of, so i can kind of extrapolate maybe a little something because of the first episode where uh it showed everything Listen, that happened I after just say order this. 66 I will just, just really quick go ahead it is not okay ev- okay how do i say this every black woman has a gear that they can get to careful where they can be intimidating without saying anything yeah. Okay. Our mom can get there. Our sister can get there. No shit. <laughs> if if the if Moses Ingram had brought some of that to this character, that would have been interesting. So but you want a, you to, want a, you want a little baby sis in Moses Ingram is what you're saying. I want a lot of baby sis in Moses Ingram. I'm saying. <laughs> I'm saying. So I think she probably has this gear inside of her, but I think. Again, because she's because there's a spreadsheet and a checklist of you have to do all these things so we can get this character to where we want them to go. You're not actually allowing the character to go where you want them to go. 
right? And there was a little bit of, like I was saying, in that first episode where you could kind of see if Reva was one of those, like, kids that were, like, mowed down in the Jedi Temple or almost mowed down. Like, I could kind of see where that little development came from. But again, they just wisp over, like, 20, 30 years later. And there's just, like, that event is there. You can understand why she kind of feels that way about either, you know, the Jedi or the Sith Mm -hmm. or anything like that. But it's so quick to go from A to B. And I get it. It's a new series. It's a new character. But at the same time, I don't know, maybe they need to spend an episode really diving into like what has made Reva Reva. I don't know if that's down the pipeline. uh, Yes, they do have to figure that out. But again, here's another example of them of them giving an attribute to a character so that they so that it will form a connection, even though. okay. This oh, is, so you felt like is, that was kind of forced a little bit. I feel like there's a lot that's being forced. But okay. Like, like I said, they're trying to make her Vader and Kylo Ren at the same time. It doesn't work. You can't yeah. be both of those things at the same time. Like Kylo Ren's interesting because he's the opposite of Vader, but tries to be Vader. That makes him a little slightly more interesting than someone who's trying to do both at once. And I okay. don't know how that works. Um, or if you had if you had if you would have had explained if there was a scene where she's like trying to be like if there was a scene where it's like I know you got all this rage inside you I'm trying to be more like you Lord Vader and use my rage in a constructive way but sometimes <laughs> it just comes out like tell me a reason for why she's acting like that other than this is just how she is it doesn't make sense but other than other is, than other than this is just how she is and she just fucking hates obi-wan for some unknown right reason. i think right like she's like they, she's focused heavily on obi-wan and like right, nothing and we don't know else. why and we don't know why and that's and that may we, be coming we kind of like we kind of know why because she's trying to get in like real deep with vader and like be his like right hand person right but why 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 Why? yeah what's her relationship like with vader does she even are we just supposed to assume that like oh of course she wants to be in vader's like why would we assume that um also why wouldn't she want to get on just you know palpatine's good side right like why why stop it just vader exactly i mean but it's like this is where i kick into the director mode i'm just like okay moses what, what's your character's motivation for doing these things like <laughs> i feel like i feel like that's a question that needs to be asked and it needs to be answered and we only have what like four episodes left in this series okay but th- but there's another character from another series okay that also gets a lot of this stuff thrown at her and i think some of it's not valid some of it is and that's michael burnham from star trek discovery now You've gone on is this more, at length is about this how more, much I hate Sonequa Martin-Green. Sonequa Martin-Green. Jesus, you hate her so much you can't even pronounce her name correctly. Jesus. Okay, I'm sorry. It's a shorty sound. <laughs> I, yeah, I was just going to say, is this more geared towards like what the fandom thinks or more towards what you think about the character? I will tell you some of the... Some of the... Um, similarities that i see between the two characters and some of the similarities in what the thought process may have been around 
pushing these particular characters to the forefront. Um, right, make your point, because I want to go back to something that you said about uh, legacy characters. Okay. Um, producers know, producers and writers know, producers must know that that people and fans generally like the attribute of someone who breaks the rules. <laughs> yeah. Um, when it comes time for them to need to break the rules. It's kind of why Han Solo is so popular as a character. Although, how many rules did Han Solo... I mean, his lifestyle is like a rogue lifestyle, but he never like... There's never been a point where Leia said, do this, and Han said, I'm doing this instead. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Moses, I'm sorry, Reva does that right out of the gate. She's immediately like, well, fuck what this guy says. I'm just gonna do what I'm what I want to do. And Michael Burnham does it all the time. And it's like, dude, there's no when there's not a reason for it. There's not there's actually not a story reason for it. There's not, it's it's against the character. Um, sorry, Michael Burnham is supposed to be this super duper logical, well thought out, makes decisions, but then she swerves and does things that are <laughs> totally emotional for like no reason. Like, which is it? Like, they want her to have all the all the attributes that of Spock that they know of Spock and Data that they know the fandom like, but they also want her want her to have these other attributes that they know the fandom likes. So she just gets a bunch of stuff. That doesn't necessarily make sense within itself. And you wind up with a character that is seems like they're bonkers. Now, I I wanted to go back to something you were saying about legacy characters and Let's hear with it. specifics to Michael Burnham and Spock. Do you kind of feel the same way that Spock as a legacy character is kind of put on the back burner? I mean, granted, he was only in that like one and a half seasons of Discovery, but during that time it did kind of feel like Spock was being pushed to the back burner for this BIPOC character who is basically trying to be exactly, almost exactly what the legacy character is. I don't, I think, no, it was a totally different situation because this was, because the name of the show wasn't Spock, it was Discovery. We knew it was her story, so him coming in, since he's a part of her story, made sense. That's fair. I will, I would like to say one thing. Yes, the pro I think this problem only persists in media where it's touting the appearance of a legacy character. Rogue One is packed with BIPOC uh, characters. Nobody no says one said shit. People love it. It's they they of of all the of all the Disney Star Wars stuff. That's probably the one that's held in the highest regard. Is Rogue One? Yeah. Most diverse BIPOC cast of any Star Wars film. The reason why there's no backlash is because it's new shit. It's a totally original story. <laughs> it's new shit. Here's the thing. If you want to introduce all these new ideas to Star Wars, that's fine. Have the balls to have new shit. Don't say, I'm going to do this Kenobi show, but we're actually going to make it about this cool new character. Right. That's not what people want. People want to see the Obi Obi-Wan Kenobi show. That's what they paid for. Don't don't okay, don't 
if I so go and I buy if, a fillet of fish, oh I want a fillet of fish. Okay, don't don't say here. Actually, what we're going to do is we're going to give you this salad in the fillet of fish box <laughs> because we know it's better for you. And you just need to look and you just need to eat that salad and taste how good it is and just let it develop and then like see how much you like it. Like, no, I came here for filet fish and that's what I want, but that's not what I'm getting. And that's why people are upset. So if this particular show was like, if it was called Star Trek, uh, Star Trek, Star Wars Inquisitors. And no problems. No, no problem problems at all. Whatsoever. Not one. No, and if, not and one if, issue. And if Obi-Wan was just kind of like he was if, if he showed show, up, if, if he, he showed, showed up, up in an episode or two, people that would be great. That would be that would be dope. <laughs> <laughs> and you're all I'm not this is not uh specific to just Star Wars slash Star Trek. Like, you know, Marvel and DC, they're out here catching strays too. Um, Miss Marvel is getting a whole lot of shit. Comics fans, well, the show is fine. The show is Comics, fine. It's it has more to. It's not about the show so much. It's about how they're doing this in the actual comics themselves. Like, um, again, if you want to have a Black Batman, um, write a new character. Write a new suddenly, character. Look, I mean, people that are turning up again. People want fillet of fish. Okay, <laughs> they don't want salad in the filet fish <laughs> box even if it might be better for them so here's they want the fishy goodness that's uh. what they came for you can't suddenly say kamala khan has had the mantle of miss marvel since, since the beginning i would say right like she like she was number one no carol danvers was the original miss marvel but, right 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 uh, i'm sorry so if this if this was Miss Marvel, but it was like Carol Danvers, I don't think anybody would like really. Well, the difference is the difference with Carol Danvers, or the difference with Kamala Khan and with Miles Morales is they've done such a fundamentally good job of 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 making those characters inhabit those those roles that um, they've earned it. Like Miss Marvel was. When Carol Danvers was Ms. Marvel, I mean, yeah, she did her thing and she had a cool costume and all like that. But like, it never was, she never was like a big timer. No, not at all. I, um, the only time Ms. Marvel was ever referenced to me as like a comic book person, uh, just that that one, that one episode of X-Men, the animated series, like that's told the story of how Rogue got her powers. That's right. literally the- <laughs> before before <laughs> before she became Captain Marvel. The only reason anybody knew who Carol Danvers was is because she's the John that Rogue got her powers from. Right, that's the only reason anyone knew who she was. <laughs> and now that they have now that they have the Kamala Khan Miss Marvel, it gives people that opportunity to learn about another version of. Ms. Marvel, one that exists in a different universe, sim- similar to like how Miles Morales operates kind of in the same universe, but he's still different and he's still unique enough to where Peter Parker can do his thing, Miles Morales can do his thing. When she's introduced, Spider-Gwen can do her own thing. And it's but like... The difference is they clearly made a point to say, we're changing the direction of this character. 
where this character is going with Ultimate Spider-Man and with Ms. Marvel. They didn't say, okay, the book that you've been reading for 40 years, the main character is just changing now and you just have to deal with it. So um, I have I have two examples of that. And it's it's also frust- it was also frustrating to like see the backlash behind that. The first was um the the Jane Foster Thor when that debuted. I have I have issue number one of the Jane Foster Thor, and I have been reading it since, and it is fucking fantastic. I, I love know, it. I recall there being a big backlash to that. Oh, <laughs> you weren't you weren't ne- you weren't nearly on as many social media landscapes as I was Look, because that I was, was reading Thor ever, but that was that was a thing that was happening. Like Jane Foster Thor got a lot of shit. Because they were just like, oh, so you're telling me that like this male Thor lost all of his powers and now it's a now it's a now it's a white female that has all of Thor's powers. I'm just like, okay, well, if you know the history of how Thor lost Mjolnir, it makes sense a little bit that Jane Foster was the next incarnation of the character. It made sense. If you if you've been reading Thor for 40 years and you've picked up every comic uh back when it was like 50 cents to when it's like six bucks now like you're aware of you're aware of the story of thor's downfall you're aware of that so i don't know why you're in a big stink about it and then the second one was i think that was last year two years ago when uh superboy came out and there was a switch to where he was going to be bisexual and there was a whole fucking stink about that. And I'm like, wait a minute. Y'all are th- y'all are throwing shit at a wall for a character that's only been around since like what 93? It's not like no. super, it's so, look, 93 was 20 years ago. Come on. Listen, I, look, as opposed to Superman that's ta- been around since about- the 50s. Uh Superman's been around since the 30s, bro. And whatever, uh, you know what I meant. <laughs> Superman's been a hell. Superman's been around for a hell of a long time. That's what I'm. That's all I'm saying. We're talking about the con. We're talking about the 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 Jonathan Kent Superboy or the Connor Kent Superboy. Uh, Connor Kent, I believe it was. All right. So yes, the Connor Kent Superboy has been around since around. I want to say the nineties, but Superboy, the character, has existed in some form or another since I want to say the fifties. Yeah. But then that's what like I would okay. Fine. Connor okay. Kent's been around wait, since. Okay. Hold on. Wait, wait, wait. Connor Kent has been around since the early mid '90s. He's it's 20 years, and it's like, why? Right? Like it's somebody that hasn't been around for a while. It's not like the original. It's not Jonathan Kent, Superboy. It's not Superman. Somebody's been around for 50, 60 years, whatever. It's not a total. It's not a fucking like. Oh, he has to be this way because he's been around for like almost a century. It, it's a 20 year old character right like i don't understand why something so new can get so much shit like here's we, the thing like miles morales spider-man everybody was totally fine with that mostly because miles because ultimate spider-man started off his whole story was how the story of ultimate spider-man pretty much was about how peter parker did this and then he's not spider-man anymore and now this guy is spider-man it it didn't happen it wasn't like oh yeah so i was gay the whole time but you didn't know it. it's like you can't 
you can't just change things, change something like that, and just expect people to be on board and not have people be like, wait, what the fuck? Also, I and this speaks to the, the idea of like really fast, really quick. Sorry. There was a okay, there's a point that I want to make. All right. Um, North Star. North Star has been gay in the comics for I don't know how how many I want to say 25 years since the birth of his character I think maybe not since the birth of his character but but he was he was one of the he's probably the most prominent example of a character coming out as gay now you did it and that character was nothing because no one gave a shit about north star so you said this will give him something this might be that's fine but Okay, you really want to make points about inclusivity and gay and lesbian and, and the whole rainbow. LGBTQIA+. Thank you. Got it. You I want got to make you. a point. I got you about, covered. <laughs> you want to make a point about pushing these characters. You've got this character in the barn. True. Where is my North Star comic then? Okay. I, Instead I, of making... Instead of switching an established character, let's take a character that already has this, or by God, let's make a new character and do this. Right. North Star being gay is something that people know. So if North Star is gay in the comics, then people are gonna be like, that's the thing, he's gay. Right? You can't you can't, Superboy's thing, the thing that you think about is not that he's gay or bisexual, it's that he's fucking Superboy, right? Okay. It's the and, and it goes back to the idea where it's like, in, in instead of giving you know these marginalized groups their own original characters, they're taking those qualities and adding them to legacy properties and just going with the whole placation route. When you could do in order, yes, in order to 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 make it seem like they're doing something that they want to do they're taking literally the easiest road to get there right a road that requires very little um risk on their part because they're they're not doing this with with banner characters they're doing this with ancillaries i mean mean, black batman is one thing but that's not going to be a thing no Um, no and, and, and it's like, and it's like you were saying in a previous podcast. Like, if it doesn't work, then you know these companies are just gonna like scrap it and then just switch it right back. They're gonna scrap it and switch it right back, or they're gonna change. Or here's the other thing: if Black Batman turns out to be really popular, they're gonna change his name, give him a new book. When Batman comes back, they're gonna change his name, give him a new book anyway. Why don't you just give him the new book now? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, like there's so many and we keep talking about the, the, the black Batman like okay fine why does he have to be Batman like there's Nightwing there's there's Damian Wayne there's like you could he could be some, he could be another vigilante in the Batman universe like he doesn't have to be fucking black Batman and that's all you know him as like give him a whole new name like it's not that hard we could probably come up with a name for black Batman right now Soul Striker done. There it is. Yeah. You call the show Obi Wan Kenobi, 
but it's actually about Star Star Wars Inquisitors. I'm going to get pissed because I was expecting a show about Obi-Wan Kenobi. It's like, listen, you cannot, okay, to, 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 to put a finer point on a metaphor that I may be pounding into the ground, you can't take my all-beef whopper, see, I want to make sure that I don't offend anybody and that we can get all the all the possible ad revenue the from easiest, as many sources as possible. Hold on. The easiest, the clear, easy metaphor to go with here is Taco Bell, because we all know no. damn no, well no. that what Taco Bell is serving is not fucking meat on any level. Whatsoever. No, the, the only way the metaphor works is if I tout if is if I use something that touts itself as being all beef. So you got the all beef flame broiled whopper. If all of a sudden they just made it uh plant-based impossible meat and didn't tell anyone there might be some uproar <laughs> people might be upset by that that might not be okay <laughs> no I, I i get it and i've thought long and hard about this topic and i've come around because you know like it was, it was pointed out to me that like on a previous the podcast that we did about uh gun violence and all like that that i'm way more militant than you um which is which is funny because you're the one out here wearing the chi guerrera hat for god's sake um but i'm kind of based on this conversation i'm off of the whole soapbox of oh well fucking marginalized groups can't have shit anymore without getting all kinds of backlash and stuff maybe it's just that these companies are just doing it the wrong way they're taking the like you said they're taking the fucking easy roads again again rogue one Tons of people of color, pretty much universally loved by everyone. Everybody. No issues. Why? Because it's new shit. New brand new shit. Shit. Like um, and I love the I love the North Star idea that you had. As a matter of fact, um, we should get with Vince and talk to him about writing a script for North Star. We should get on that. Why? Why not? Okay. <laughs> Listen, it's I gonna... mean, shouldn't we have somebody that's gay dealing with that? That's a good point. Somewhere? That's a, that is an excellent point. Thank you. I apologize. Now I feel like an asshole. I'm sorry. Uh, so now that makes me think that Vince and I can't work on our Wonder Twins project. He's gung ho for that. So good <laughs> luck. <laughs> I mean, you're gonna have to find some people that suck to help you write that. But uh... ouch. Um. But as the, the new the new shit, right? Like, I think we can all agree that, like, Black Panther is universally loved and appreciated by not just African-Americans, fucking everybody. New character from 1966, and he came to prominence later on thanks to, you know, not just the movie, but Ta-Nehisi Coates and all like that. And it's, it's interesting that Black Panther was developed during the civil rights era. And it's it's cool that, you know, you have the personal experience of living through not just, you know, the civil rights era, but okay. slavery okay. and the civil rights era Hang on. and the down. current climate that we're in right now. But I North Star is a great idea. I don't think that we should be changing legacy properties to make somebody latin american like there are plenty of latin american ips out there uh unfortunately one doesn't come to mind immediately um shang chi was good for the asian american community 
even though nobody really knows anything about Shang-Chi yet. Right. I mean, that's fine. Like, they, look, they roll the dice, they they put their nuts on the table, or their or their labias, as it, as it were, <laughs> and uh, they nice. said, or your... No, it's not. Sex that's fine. Organ that's fine. Work. We'll just we'll, your sex organ du jour. That's fine. Let's just leave it there. It's fine. And and tried to, to work this IP that they had. They didn't. They didn't all of a sudden say, "Okay, fucking uh, Iron Man's Chinese now. Let's do that." Yeah. I even though I like I like I like the Shang Chi movie. I want to see where that goes, especially if you know Wong is involved in some way. Kamala Khan and Miss Marvel, that is a really, really good show after one episode. I like how they're kind of using the, the Spider-Man formula for like this young-ish teenage kind of character. It feels very feels very Tom Wattsy. So basically the, the, the main point that I want to make is if you are a media conglomerate and you want to make having diverse people of color that was an that was a re, that was uh redundant if you want to have people of color Fine. and people of all different genders and 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 sexual orientations represented in that's your great. In, your, in your medias that's great that's fantastic and that's something that should be lauded and something that we should be striving for. But what but, we should not be doing is taking the easy route and taking established characters, changing them to suit that agenda. And because I'm not saying even though, even though woke Twitter will bless you, you're gonna piss off. You'll get in the headlines for like two days. And that's really what, if that's really all you want, then I think your agenda's not for real. Like, if you just want the, the headline, the press release, and to, and to look good on woke Twitter for like a week, right. fine, do that. If you want to actually do the thing that I talked about before, actually putting forth diverse characters and things like that, you have to, you have to, you have to put your sex organ on the table <laughs> and come up with new IP for the agenda that you're trying to push forward and if you're pro if you're if you're pro i don't sorry sorry just one more thing i just Go don't ahead. like to use the, i just don't like to use that word agenda because it has um connotations especially like gay agenda or whatever stuff like that but like but it fits the word fits though but like if one of your goals is okay that's better as a conglomerate to be more diverse to, to 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 actually be there and not just appear to be there then do the things that i'm talking about and we're not saying that it's going to negate all toxic fandom and backlash but at the same time you're getting you're getting toxic fandom from a different perspective because at that point maybe you can fit in like isms and ists and all like that but it's not because it's a legacy character that's just mm -hmm. being changed just because it's easy. Mm -hmm. And like you said, just put your sex organ on the table and just right. fucking do it. Like if you, you want to have, right. if you want to have it, if you want to have a gay character, like Superboy as bisexual, fantastic. But 
I think you would be better served if you, like you were saying, develop the North Star character or maybe somebody where it's like, you know, like there's there's been rumors about long shot, but I don't know if that's a thousand percent accurate. But we know North Star has has been yeah. gay since it's since his inception. Fucking that's easy. It's an established character that has already been this since the character was first developed. Like you're not gonna sit out here and be like, okay, so Batman is black now, or you know, mm-hmm. Iron Man is Chinese. Like you came up with Black Panther. He was his own character. He's his own legacy character. He's been around for 50s, 50 odd years. You prop him up in what I guess was the perfect time to prop up a character like that. I mean, DC didn't do it. DC, DC hasn't have... done it. <laughs> DC, I mean, I'm st- like, like what? Props to Marvel for putting out Black Panther in 1966. Props to you guys. Seriously. And now, like, I don't, I don't even want to do any, I don't want to say anything about Black Adam because nobody really, I don't really know what the fuck Black Adam is. Black Adam, like the black part. <laughs> like, he's not, he's not called Black Adam because he's black. Right. But I'm it's just saying, <laughs> I'm just saying, like. It's like the Black Knight or fucking. And like, what's the, the, the biggest. Oh man, I don't even know. I don't even know if the character was African American to start with, but you know, um, he's Middle Eastern. I don't know exactly which flavor, but I'm. I was thinking more of. Uh, I was thinking more of Deadshot from like the Suicide Squad. Like I don't know how. I don't know how. I don't know if he's been African American since the, since his inception. I really don't know. I really don't know either. Just like DC as as a company, like they just haven't been able to prop up that african-american that bipoc superhero and i feel like they're struggling cyborg's not happening cyborg's not happening they they tried lightning's not happening black lightning's not happening i feel like oh you know what the only play the only play that dc has right now the only play that dc has and i talked about this before and i would love to see it especially if some if a director like john watts was involved fucking static shock there's your all answer you do, right all there. You do is static, and uh, and we'll see if if they make that decision. Let's see if they make that decision, and or how they fuck it up. But the bottom line is, when you try to force, if your goal is diversity, and you try to force it into into high profile projects where you know there are going to be a lot of eyeballs. You are going to, people are just going to get pissed and you can't get pissed and you can't call somebody toxic and you, is someone toxic? Is someone, are there people out there that are legitimately going to say, oh, this character is black, I'm out. Yes, they are. are they, they do exist. They are there. People out there. But <laughs> they mostly are in the South, but whatever. You can't call, you can't say to someone who was expecting filet of fish and got a salad in a filet of fish box? Oh, you are just being toxic and racist. No, that person just wanted a filet of fish. That's okay. it. That's all they wanted. I, I feel like we need to end this podcast before yeah. we, you know, before we just never get sponsored by McDonald's ever, ever again. Or uh, listen, I threw Burger King in there. I threw the Whopper in there. Our our only options, right? Our only options anymore are what Taco Bell, Arby's, uh, 
Chick-fil-A, which I would not want to be sponsored by. It, no, we it, can't we can't be sponsored by Chick-fil-A. Never, never in a thousand years. There's okay, listen, Chick-fil-A people, there's not an amount of money that you could put on the table to where we will say, yes, our podcast is sponsored by Chick-fil-A. I'm saying that right now in series two. So that you guys know when we get big and we start blowing up, just know, no, no to Chick-fil-A. Absolutely just fucking not. Real quick, real quick. Um, Popeyes, um, however, all the money. Quick, all quick, of it. Real quick. Colonel Sanders, <laughs> Chick-fil-A. Is intolerance a vital ingredient in the ability to make good chicken? I think this might require some more research we might have to do a podcast figure out the chicken and intolerance connection (laughs) (laughs) because it seems like all the best chicken comes from people that like really hate other people i mean i don't listen we always we we kid and we make this joke sometimes but sometimes listen sometimes good chicken tastes best when it's flavored by racism okay you just need Oh, just a tiny, just a just dash, a, just a dash of racism, and you can. It's it's one of those eleven herbs and spices. It's like the entire list and racism. There it is. <laughs> all right, we all right. We got to get out of here before we offend other companies that we might want money from in the future. But in the meantime, like, subscribe, follow the podcast. You can follow us on Twitter. The show is at Teams and Kid Versus. I am Adil B. Royster. Teams is at Atiba K. Like, follow, and subscribe to all of the podcasts on every medium. We say it all the time. Do a Google search. Spotify, Stitcher, Apple, Google Podcasts. We're all there. We did all the legwork. We've done everything. Anchor did everything for us. So you know what? It's all on you now. All on you. We will return next week with another podcast. Will it be dick and fart jokes? We don't know, uh, most likely. But in the meantime, we're going to get out of here. Deuces for the Series 2, and uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Later. Later.